Welcome to At the Root with Greg Kuiper. Greg is a practicing psychotherapist and holistic life coach who has learned through professional practice and personal experience that without connection to self, real connection with others is near impossible because emotional connection is at the root of healthy living. Hello, Greg. Hello. Good to hear your voice again. I know. I missed you last week. Um, If you are interested, if you're listening to the show and you'd like to call in today or perhaps some other time, you are welcome to do so. The number is 425-373-5527. And um, we need to catch up. We we missed a week. We did. Yeah. So we missed a week. And then and then the the time before that we weren't even with Shar and Steve. So I, we're gonna go back there today. Uh, you're you're calling her Shar now also. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you did that. Charlotte and Steve. Okay. <laughs> it is Shar. Well for it's your pe- fault. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, let's get people caught up. So when last we spoke you're right we didn't really focus on charlotte and steve we kind of took a little a little side journey um and we were talking about attachment types and you were sharing that you may not be one or another you may be a mixture and right. that those types and how they show up may change with each relationship that you have like whether it's romantic or work or whatever the circumstances um sure friends siblings parents yeah yeah whatever relationship you're in right yep and then i think you talked a little bit about how the adaptations that we have as a result of those types most often um are the result of childhood now i'm doing a very overarching um summary yeah yeah, but you know, whatever style we have prevalent in any relationship, those those adaptations that we developed early in life, right? Defense mechanisms, coping mechanisms, adaptations, whatever we want to call them, mm-hmm. um, they they seem they're they're at the core, right? Mm-hmm. And what we want to be able to do is find the dominant patterns that we're exhibiting in this particular relationship or whatever relationship we're in and understand that, you know, the, the patterns can become more fluid, more manageable, and hopefully disappear mm-hmm. over time, right? So, because they, they operate on a subconscious level. We programmed these behaviors and responses early in life and we use them as, as I said, adaptations or coping mechanisms for years. And and the, the thing is, we're not even aware we're doing it because this is all operating subconsciously, automatic programming. Right. Um, so that we can, we, we turn our attention to what we feel are more pressing matters, right? And, and we just continue to operate in that automatic programming from early childhood and all of a sudden, it's 30, 40 years later, and we're going, what the heck is going on, right? Sure. And, well, and then, you know, you talk about how then you're in a relationship with someone, and you talk about the critical loop. And all I can think of is um, I watched the Jetsons, and when Rosie, the <laughs> robot, would, like, go on the fritz, and, like, she was in, like, she was in the critical loop, and it's like you had to hit reset, and... 
Um, you know, it's Where like. Where do you come up with this? I, you know, I apparently I watched a lot of television as a child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love your analogies. They are so great. Well, you know, it's just like we all need that reset. Like, you know, I. We do. I, Right. Like you turn Perfect. off when something doesn't work. It's like you turn it off and reset it and like, OK, let's just start fresh now. Right. So so we're we're lingering in these patterns. Right. Self-criticism and and judgment that we put on ourselves and and our partners trigger these in their effort to connect with us and. And then we are triggering their unconscious patterns as well. And that's when we get stuck in, as you said, the critical loop where it just goes around and around and around and around. And they're not even, we're not even down at the core of the issue. Right. Awareness is the key, right? The first step. Mm-hmm. Bringing the subconscious into the conscious where we can examine it, change it, dissect it, look at it, work with it. And that's the scary part of all this, you know, we, and existing just fine for years, right? Or so we thought until right. now. And then when an upset in the normal flow has happened, and you know, I should probably say another upset, mm-hmm. more than likely these upsets have happened many times before, we just haven't been aware. And, you know, that's the pattern I mentioned earlier. And now life is not working again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at least in our relationships with others, and we're kind of lost as to what to do. I will mention, too, that, you know, if our life is not working in our relationship with others, it is not working in our relationship with ourself either, and that's that's, that's the realization huge. that's key, right? Mm-hmm. We, can't, we can't work in our relas- relationships with other people if if we can't even figure out our own self, right? Our own relationship with ourself. And, and that key we're talking about unlocks the door mm-hmm. of understanding of these adaptations we made early on, right? We've kept this door locked up, you know, double dead bolted, chained, the chair propped up against the knob, right? <laughs> For a long dog. time. <laughs> yeah, <or> watched <laughs> the watchdogs mm-hmm. guarding the door. And, and the change we seek is lovingly looking at what's behind the door. Mm-hmm. And that's scary. It is. <clears throat> the tricky part is, I mean, A, looking at it is scary. And then, mm-hmm. you know, your choice of words is obviously very purposeful to lovingly look at it without any kind of judgment or be, you know, loaded for bear or whatever it is. Um Well, yeah, boy, we open that door and we go to regrets and we go to dread. I mean, that's a recipe for disaster. That's why the door's locked to begin with, right? Right. We're not going to deal with this. Um, But if we can understand that what's in there was developed by these patterns Mm -hmm. and, and we don't need that anymore. And if we can just dissect that and look at it, right? And that's that's kind of where we left off with Char and Steve, right? Yeah, right? Yes. So and, and I'm still calling her Char. Yeah, <laughs> Which I love. And I'm sure Char. that like Char appreciates it. So Well I don't know. I haven't called her Char yet. <laughs> <laughs> to her face. 
<laughs> it's okay. I think if I met Char, I'd be like, girl, we need to talk. Um, so when we last left off, Charlotte and Steve had come in together. Then she came in and then he came in. So. Right. And after their individual sessions, I noticed Reno's the seeds starting to sprout a little bit, you know, just poking their way through the dirt. The, they started understanding a little bit, <clears throat> excuse me, that their individual responses and behaviors, these automatic ones mm -hmm. in their subconscious that just come out, were triggering each other's patterns developed long ago. And, and they've been reinforced daily ever since. That's what we do. That's what they did. So this realization of each other's triggers can take some time. And, and then uh, understanding how they each are using them automatically mm -hmm. to kick in these subconscious adaptations to emotional trauma from way back when, which keeps them from getting to the underlying real issues, right? You know, the, one of them says, my withdrawal is triggering his issues with rejection and abandonment from his past. Right. I mean, that's hard to, it's hard to put your head around. Well, it's, um, it's like trying to um, take all the water out of a sinking boat, but not plugging the hole. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, there's another good one. I tell you, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> It's how the I understand, colors. and if it, if it, if it is, if, if it helps me understand it and translate what you're talking about, then maybe it will help other people understand it and translate it. And your point is like, all these things keep you know building up, and you gotta sure you gotta get the water gone, but really you have to get to the core of the problem. Right, because how fast can you bail, and how fast is the water coming in? Right, right. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate these analogies. I do. I, I tend to wax more clinical, and that, then I hear people snoring in the background. Right? <laughs> <laughs> before it must be so. Before else. we go back to charity, we're going to go back there to the next session we have. But okay. Before we go back there, I want to bring up this attachment style mix briefly that we talked about last week. Once again, I want to bring it up the the person that the partner that represents avoidant and anxious tendencies together. Mm -hmm. And I, I find this very prevalent, especially in male identified partners. Okay. I think it just has to do with our culture, early life experiences of being left out or rejected, right? Not included. Um, they, they draw this person to, to seek out romantic relationships to satisfy this need for acceptance and reassurance. And, Many times I find that this partner has been in quite a number of romantic relationships and over time. And, and he thrives in the romance and the euphoria and the chase. Right? The chase. Sometimes selecting someone, you know, with, with really, in really difficult circumstances that, that, you know, the pursuit is everything. Mm -hmm. and, and then when the match is made, and the commitment confirmed, the avoidance style kicks in. Uh, unable to commit to feeling and expressing emotions, becoming dismissive and distant. Uh, th think of their partner, think of the trigger to the self-worth and this feeling of rejection to the partner. 
the, the partner's like, wait, what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. This must be my fault. What did I do wrong? And um, so there's the trigger, right? Oh, yeah. This and, is why I didn't I bring, like Steve at first. <laughs> Go ahead. No, Go I was going to say, this is why I didn't like Steve at first. <laughs> yeah. And then I found well, out. I bring this up again. Steve I, I has so much. <laughs> he does. But I want, you, I want us to watch for this particular thing we're talking about with Steve. Is it happening in this relationship? So, so last time we left off with Steve just having his individual session and him getting a glimpse of his triggers to Char and her triggers to him. His avoidance of withdrawal from feeling and expressing emotions, this dismissiveness is triggering her fear of abandonment and rejection. And her fear of abandonment and rejection expressed as her withdrawal is triggering his criticism of her for his own cluelessness of her emotions. And so this critical loop gets rolling. She withdraws from expressing her desires and needs because she feels it won't do any good as he immediately criticizes and gets defensive. And she withdraws more and he criticizes more and ran around the go. On, on to the first session with them back together, okay? So, Ooh. yep. Here we go. So, it's good to have you both back together again, I said, as they settled in on the couch in my office. I had just recently started in-person sessions again for people that are fully vaccinated. I had found telehealth to be very effective over the last year, much more so than I thought when, um, at first, when it became necessary. Mm-hmm. But it also reinforced for me the knowing that in-person sessions, in-person sessions are still the best. Being in the same room, sensing the person's energy, the body language, noticing little things it's hard to see with a headshot on a screen. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I noticed right away that they sat on opposite ends of the couch across from me. How'd they yeah, sit the first couch. time? Well, remember, this is the only time they were They've, I've seen them in person before oh, we were on right. right. And remember the very first session, they were in different rooms. And I said, no, 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 this isn't going to work. Yeah, right. He's got to be in the same room. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's so they're on opp- right. Yeah, yeah, they're on opposite ends of this big couch, right? And, and then I said, Charlotte, you've had a couple of weeks since we met individually. How has what we talked about settled with you during that time? She thought for a moment, fidgeting a little bit, and then she said, I have to admit, at first I was pretty confused. Actually, I'm still confused some, but Steve and I talked and things are becoming clearer about these triggers. I asked, so you and Steve discussed your session? Only after his session, she replied. I remembered you said to not get into it until after you had your session with him. Well, I had suggested that to her. I wanted them both to be able to process individually, right, without the anticipation of an altercation or the critical loop getting going. And I had intended for them to discuss together with me present. But but I was anxious to see what transpired. It doesn't always work that way, and sometimes it's not supposed to. Mm-hmm. What is your take on the discussion you two had after his session? She jumped in. I don't think either of us intended to talk about it. It just came up when we were having a glass of wine out on the deck the day Steve got home from seeing you. I asked Steve, what do you remember about that? 
He replied, I was the one that brought it up. All day it had been bugging me. What's that, I asked. That my criticism and defensiveness in our interactions comes from a lack of emotional understanding. Char jumped in. He sounded confused and frustrated when he brought it up. I didn't withdraw, though. I guess I remembered you talking about that. I told him it is difficult when I have a need to express myself and what I'm feeling. And then he tries to fix it or gets defensive. When he does that, I just shut down. I queried Steve, how did you react to her saying that? He said, I got defensive. <laughs> they laughed kind of cautiously and, and looked at each other. Before I could ask, Char said, we caught ourselves, thank goodness. And we decided for both of us to withdraw and wait to talk more about this with you. Oh. And I told them, well, that was probably for the best and very aware and um, it was a good thing. And then I asked, that was a week ago. What has come up for each of you since? Steve, you go first. I don't know. It's hard for me to get my head around. When I think about it, I just get anxious and uneasy. It's really uncomfortable, but I can't get it out of my head. I don't want to get it out of my head, but but I've never experienced anything like this. Steve, I said, being anxious and upset and uncomfortable don't really come from your head. They come from your heart. These are feelings, emotions. I just don't go there, he said. If I can't logically figure it out, I just move on. Then he started crying. Surprised Char and I both. I looked at her and she was looking at him on the other end of the couch. And her face said it all. I said softly, this might be a great time to sit next to each other, maybe hold hands. Char dove at the chance and was beside him in a second. She grabbed his hand, and their heads fell together, touching foreheads. He continued to sob as he moved his head to her shoulder. It was not a time for words. <laughs> Silence was golden. These are the times that being a therapist is totally worth it. Mm -hmm. After a couple of minutes, I became aware of the time, right? And I wanted to have the time at the end to get some closure on the session and offer reassurance for the path ahead. I hate to ruin this moment, but with the short time we have left, I'd like to tell you both how monumental today was for your relationship. Small steps, but very important ones. You've done the work to start building the new foundation, this new baseline we're looking for, right? That doesn't include the critical loop. This is for moving forward more securely in the relationship so that we can stay out of the loop and find the attunement you both have been waiting for and haven't been able to get in touch with. A big part of it is just recognizing these triggers. 
It just gets better from here, you guys. They both welcomed the interjection Steve raised up and wiped his eyes and he was showing some embarrassment at the emotional display. I continued, for both of you, understanding that your automatic behaviors and responses to the other, these responses are triggering past emotional trauma. Steve, you are not rejecting or abandoning Charlotte. You wouldn't think of doing that. But you are automatically triggering those subconscious feelings in her from her past emotional trauma where she was rejected and abandoned. And Charlotte, you are not intentionally withdrawing from the relationship. You are not trying to confuse Steve. You are triggering Steve's subconscious need to defend and criticize and dismiss adaptations that he developed early on to deal with his emotional pain. So going forward, we can now look at these triggers from a standpoint of curiosity and figuring them out together, knowing they are just that, triggers. They do not represent the truth. They do not represent the truth. So the session ended with them walking out hand in hand and it's a lot of work to do, but, but I think they've got a good start to do. Oh yeah. I mean, that is huge. The, the idea of the adaptations reminds me that, you know, if, Forever you've had one hand tied behind your back and you've managed to do all the things that you need to do and get it done and it's been difficult, but then find out that, you know, actually turns out I had my hand the whole time. I just didn't know I had permission to use it kind of thing. It's like all of these adaptations that we create from childhood, we created them but our brains weren't fully developed. We didn't really understand. And it turns out that it's like we may not have, we needed them at the time or so we thought, but they're not relevant anymore. And so letting them go is, is big. Yeah. And, and, and you know, we, we did need them at the time. They, uh, in many cases, uh, protected us, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Maybe save somebody's life. These these adaptations uh, to these um, this emotional trauma. They helped us get through those early years. They were useful, but uh, we we need to eject them at some point. And because they are automatically embedded in our subconscious, we've got to be aware and and bring them out and okay. treat them with some some love and curiosity so that we can. Figure them out and, and decide, hey, no, I don't need you anymore. You know, it's something I didn't mention, but uh, Charlotte in the session said, <clears throat> you know, I can't remember ever seeing him cry before. Mm -mm. Yeah, you know, I mean, that was. That's huge. That's huge. And, and so, so for him, that small moment was was a break from that adaptation of no emotion, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was and, a big moment. 
a big moment and it kind of opens up now um, a lot of well questions for him I'm sure but but now we 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 go in and the three of us treated as um, we we're, we're curious about the adaptations how in the world they got started and why in the world do we need them now and you know so we approach it from this adventuresome exploration, discovery, curiosity standpoint, rather than run from them scared, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's that lovingly thing that you mentioned. Yeah, so now we get a chance. Now we get a chance to do that. And and what, what happens without, as we look at these triggers, but what happens is that we don't need the critical loop anymore. Right, which was holding us back from these realizations we're going to go to now. I mean, mm-hmm. we had no idea. We were, you know, they had no idea they were triggering each other. They thought that, you know, yeah, I can be defensive and I can withdraw, and you know, it always ends up this way. So we must not be compatible. Or, right. you know, he didn't used to be this way. Or I mean, we just go into that kind of a a head trip. It's crazy. And it's crazy. And, and so the, the real issue at the bottom of things is the awareness and getting down there. And next, you know, the next steps are learning how to discover, rediscover that attunement, that mm-hmm. closeness, harmony, bonding, whatever you want to call it. That's where we're going to go. All right. Well, then, if you want to know more about Shar and Steve and their journey, then keep listening on Mondays at 3.30 to Greg Kuiper of Kuiper Counseling. You can find him at KuiperCounseling.com. He's also on social media under Kuiper Counseling. And we'll continue this dialogue that is so helpful for Shar and Steve, but also for the rest of us who are human. Greg, in the meantime, what's the thought? Hey everybody, stay aware out there. Awareness is key. See you you next week.